What's up, folks? Welcome to another edition of Matt Sports House. I am your host, Matthew Anderson. Decided to do this episode because as I was watching the results and watching a little bit of the combine, I was like, yo, I have so much to say about this. This isn't going to be like a long episode like the uh, ones have been as far as recently, although I do have a lot of information. It's just me for today, but definitely had to give my takeaways on some of the things I saw. I was like, I just could not say anything about it. So without further ado, welcome to my sports house. start off I'm going to talk about Malik Willis quarterback coming out of Liberty in case some people don't know he originally went to Auburn decided to transfer went to Liberty smaller school under a Hugh Freeze and blossomed as a quarterback there my thoughts is although and I, th- I think it's really great for you to see because a lot of the, the quarterback position is responding to adversity that he was able to go to a situation figure out it may not be the best for him that would have knocked a lot of guys off then go to Liberty and then dominate and take off and, bet- and become a potential first-round quarterback. A lot of work had to be done there, clearly. Uh, but he was able to get it done, and he was able to play under Hugh Freeze, which is a, you know, a really good offensive mind. And anybody you knows, whenever you have a head coach like him, any guy he has working under him, working on strictly an offense because he is the head coach, so he works on a lot of things more like a CEO, you know that guy's going to be very well in tune. So you know he got some great coaching at Liberty. He works a ton with Quincy Avery. We've been talking about him on this podcast for probably the past two years, maybe two and a half years. But um, I think he has clear arm talent. He's about six feet. I think he measured out. He's a big dude. Almost, almost what you would want to see, like just like an athlete in general. He's six foot. Let me get that weight for you guys. He, I know he had that nine and a half inch hands, which here's my thing on the hands thing for quarterbacks. As long as you're at those nine inch hands, you're fine. And once you start dipping a little bit lower than that, which is kind of what happened with uh, Kenny Prickett, uh, Kenny Prickett, who had the eight and a half, it gets kind of dangerous. That's why he wears the glove. Definitely fine in college. The NFL, you can throw a tight spiral with that glove. The problem you're going to have is when it becomes inclement weather. Like, I don't know where he gets drafted, but when you're playing in a place like Seattle, maybe, you know, Florida rains a good bit, like in Tampa or something like that. Now you're going to have a problem because you're going to be switching those gloves a lot. And with you already having a smaller hand, that's going to, that could be detrimental. Maybe even playing in super cold weather like Chicago. Because you see Teddy Bridgewater also wears a glove, but he also has above nine inch hands. So it's just like an assist. I think whenever you have a below nine inch hand, and I know this stuff, I did some quarterback training and I studied the position a little bit too. And so when you have below that nine inch hand, it really might cause you some issues. So I think that's definitely something for y'all to take away. I know everybody keeps talking about it, but I just kind of want to clear that up. After that nine inch, when you're below that, it's like, ooh, you're going to have some problems in cold weather and a and the scouts are this stuff are definitely taking notice. I know everybody saw everybody going crazy whenever Joe Burrow had like a nine and one fourth, I think, because it's like, wait, 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 wait a minute there. And I bet my thoughts, once again, I'm reiterating, is as long as you're above that nine and uh, as long as you're above that nine, that you should be fine. 
Malik Willis, though, as far as that weight, six feet, 219 pounds. He's a big frame and upper body. Um, and I think he needs to go. I don't think he'll be one of these guys that will go and play right away. I think he'll go. It'd be best for him to go sit for somebody maybe one or two years and see how that goes. Another quarterback I want to hear and talk about is Des, but I think he does have the potential to obviously play the position at Indian at the NFL level. And then you have uh, the other guy I was thinking about was Desmond Ritter uh, coming out of Cincinnati, won a ton of games there, which is super important for the quarterback position because at the end of the day, it usually comes down to can win ball games. I think the best comparison for him is going to be a Jordan Love who came out of Utah State a couple years back and backing up Aaron Rodgers. I think he needs to sit just like how Jordan Love has been doing, really learn the game, sharpen the axe, if you will, as far as his throwing, throwing abilities. Uh, he's been working with Jordan Palmer, so – I think I kind of go through this every single year. You have Jordan Palmer and Quincy Avery. A lot of times you have uh, guys who are a lot more mobile or whatnot, like Jalen Hurts and those guys. They head out to work with Quincy Avery, usually in Atlanta. Deshaun Watson works with him, et cetera, et cetera. And then you have guys who are a little more stationary. Um, they go work with Jordan Palmer. And he's Carson Palmer's younger brother. But, but Jordan had been talking about Desmond a little bit like last year. So I figured it's like, okay, he's probably gonna go ahead and nag, snag him. And so they've been working together. But like I said, I think Desmond pulls a Jordan Love, goes sits behind somebody for a couple of years. And I think he should be ready to go after a while. The quarterback that did not participate in the combine was Matt Corral coming out of Ole Miss. He's still searching. I think it's the ankle injury. I know it's a leg, but I think it's an ankle injury to be specific. I think if there's a quarterback I'm taking in the first round, it's him. Like you've seen what he could do against SEC West opponents, uh, defenses, defensive coordinators, et cetera. I think he's the safer pick. I um, really like to see, and I, me personally, I'm an aired out kind of guy. So I really love to watch him air it out this year at Ole Miss. Now, granted, he had above extraordinary head coach and offensive coordinator uh, under the Lane Kiffin tree out there at Ole Miss. But I think if there's a guy I'm taking, it's Matt Carell. And based off potential, I'm definitely going with Malik Willis. And we'll see how things pan out. Now we're going to keep moving. We're going to go here to the Ohio State. People, I have been trying to tell everybody for the past couple of years about Ohio State. Last year was Justin Fields, but that was like no secret. But I was talking about those receivers that we have at Ohio State. Chris Olave, who had that unofficial 4.26 that lit up the internet. Chris Olave is actually a little bit taller than I thought he was. He's six foot uh, three and eight inches. So basically he's six feet. But um, weighed in at 187, which was a little bit heavier than what I was expecting because Chris Chris Olave seems to be like kind of like a, just a, a smaller dude. But I think those that's good at height and weight. Um, I think he's put on some pounds as he prepared for the combine. You know, he didn't uh, play in the last game. He practiced that week for Ohio State, but he didn't play in the Rose Bowl. And he checked in with nine and a half inch hands, which is crazy because both him and Garrett Wilson, who is Garrett Wilson is the other receiver for Ohio State, uh, six feet. 183 pounds, nine and seven eighths in his hands. He almost has 10 inch hands and he ran a 4.37. I, and so, okay, let me put all this together. I thought gear would run faster than Chris, but it ended up ha have, turning out to be that um, Chris is actually the faster guy. Garrett is more so the guy that you can kind of put all over. You can put him in the slot, which is where I would expect him to be able to go because I know he can win those matchups. Or you can put him outside in some offenses and he could be successful. Chris is the guy I think that you want to leave outside. And at first I was thinking like, ah, they're going to have to move Chris to the slot. You know, that's usually what happens to receivers that are a little bit smaller. But, you know, if you think about it, Deshaun Jackson plays on the outside. And Deshaun Jackson is shorter than uh, Chris Olave. I think Deshaun Jackson might be like 5'11", 
five nine, five ten. So it'd be interesting to see what happens. Those guys, but I did have to shout out my Ohio State wide receivers for balling out at the combine. Um, it's crazy to think that Ohio State hasn't had a first round receiver taken since 2007 when Anthony Gonzalez and Ted Ginn Jr. Uh, left Ohio State and went first round in the league. Now they they should have two coming out this year. You got the Jackson Smith, Nick Jigbus, and then you got Marvin Harrison Sr., who's got two more years on campus. America, we got a ton of wide receivers coming. And we're one of the best wide receiver coaches in the country. He's uh, Hartline. Brian Hartline is his name. And I expect him, they're good. I think he's become our pass game coordinator moving forward. And I expect him to take an offensive coordinator job here shortly. Who knows, might be a head coach soon because remember Dabo Sweeney went for straight from being a wide receivers coach to the interim head coach, passed the offensive coordinator up. So something to watch there. Another wide receiver from Ohio State, but spent his last year at Alabama, Jameson Williams uh, was at the combine. He didn't participate because, you know, he tore his ACL uh, during the playoff. But isn't that crazy to think? It's like if he stays at Ohio State, he's like the fourth man, whatever, maybe the fourth man on the offense. He goes to Alabama, which is no slouch. And now he kind of goes to this combine, although he didn't perform as an equal. He didn't go to this combine like, oh, there's Jameson. He's another one of Ohio State receivers. We have a lot of potential. And that just goes to show you sometimes you just got to make the best move for yourself. He goes to Ohio State. I mean, he goes to Alabama after those years at Ohio State and blossoms. And you love to see that. Moving forward, we're going to talk a little bit here about some defense. Jordan Davis out of Georgia. Amazing. Freak of nature. Minister society. Anything you want to call it. Dude was six foot six and three eighths. That's height. Weight, 341 pounds. So when you think of his 40, you're thinking if he cracks a five even, the four nine 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 is exceptional. This dude gets up there and runs a four seven eight. To put that into perspective. That is faster than certain, I think that a lot of tight ends, faster than some uh, quarterbacks. Like, I think Dwayne Haskins will not stay around like a 503 or something like that. And this man is 341 pounds, freak of nature. And, you know, of all the people who could have saw this coming, I bet that Georgia strength and conditioning coach wasn't surprised at all because he's been, he's had this guy for three, three years, I think it was. And even a lot of people are saying, wow, he must have went to a really great, um, place prepare for the combine it's like you can't prepare that much you can't prepare that much for this so obviously some of this stuff is just god-given talent but at georgia strength and conditioning staff probably was like yep we saw this one coming and then you broad jump 10-3 and that's more than some running backs and receivers so insane showing for jordan davis and the thing is he's not he's not he's not just a combine superstar you saw him perform at a high level all season long so this is just this has just been great to see jordan davis come up and he should be gone hopefully within those top five picks there's they keep saying hutchinson out of michigan the defensive lineman i want to say he's the defensive end they keep thinking he's the number one defensive lineman i'll probably go off the board but i wouldn't be surprised if jordan davis to see what he can turn into uh eating up the insides of offensive lines across the nfl another georgia defender that i want to talk about here is nicobe dean Middle linebacker played alongside Channing Tindall, um, 5'11", 225 pounds, but and he, he did not participate in all of the 40-yard dash and all the other different combine tests. Doesn't matter. I think we all got to see it on the highest level, how good that defense was this season. He was like the commander-in-chief of it, getting everybody into place, holding each other, holding other defensive players accountable like he did with Channing in the national championship. Like, I don't think 
And you got to see him run from sideline to sideline and go get running backs and wide receivers off screens and stuff all season. So I, I'm, I think it was a good decision between him and his agent, whoever his team is, for him to not do the drills because they could do nothing really kind of – I guess if he ran an extremely fast 40 time, it could help him. But at the same time, think about that linebacker position. You're kind of going sideline to sideline or you're going straight downhill. Like it's not really 40 yards. So I, I can understand why they didn't. Some people thought he should have, but like literally cut on the tape cut on the tape and I you probably could look at a lot of pre-snap stuff and see him getting people in places and I would say Georgia linebackers here in the NFL have had a really good history of especially recently but I would say all the time but recently of transitioning well into the NFL so and he's played under Kirby Smart so you know he's top of the top and Georgia's getting all the top recruits in the country anyway so for him to elevate past all of them you know what you got in him he didn't need to participate in that uh combine as far as for all the drills and stuff, just I'm sure he'll prepare for his pro day and he'll do it all at Georgia in his stomping grounds. We're going to keep it moving. Kyle Hamilton out of Notre Dame, the safety. I think he jumped on the radar for a lot of, for the average person in Florida State where he was had those picks and was flying across the field. Scouts have been looking at him forever. Uh, guy's elite, huge dude. I think he's like six foot three, six foot four. 10 foot, 11, broad jump, 38 inch vertical leap. So I think 36 is where you want to be. Anywhere between 34 and 36 is good. And then once you start getting above there, you do see some guys in the secondary jump. Cause you know, there's guys in the secondary are freakish, freakish athletes. So sometimes you get those guys jumping 38, 40, 42, but 38 was fine. He ran a four, five, nine in the 40 yard dash. And so a lot of people are kind of like, yeah, but once again, cut on the tape. The guy goes sideline to sideline. He just makes plays. He can chase, he can go get the ball in the air. Everything you would want out of safety, I expect him to be gone within the top 15 to 20 picks. Last but not least, about well, two things here I'm going to mention too. Um, moving forward to, I guess we could say the pick 12, where Baylor, Baylor, oh my goodness, I don't know what they're doing at that strength and conditioning staff or they just recruiting speed. They had the defensive back, Kalen Barnes, run a 4-2-3. And then you had Tyquan Thornton run a 4-2-1 unofficial. That, that time for Kalen Barnes was 4-2-3. That was official. And he's a DB coming out of Baylor. And then, but that 4-2-1 unofficial, even the fact that like anybody's clock clocked him at 4-2-1, although it's official, unofficial time, is like, yo. Baylor got speed out there. One thing I noticed when watching some of them games, most notably, I think it was the Big 12 championship between Baylor and Oklahoma State. They hitting out there in that Big 12 too. Like a lot of people give people flack out there if they don't tackle very well, but when they hit, they hit. Guys go down and you hear it. So big for Baylor there as they continue to uh, try to get things going. Did y'all, I don't know if everybody saw this, but I definitely wanted to mention it. Don't y'all think that was crazy that Art Browse, the head coach at Baylor almost ended up at an HBCU. It was on, it was, he was there for like a minute. I think the people at the HBCU community or just people in college football were like, no, this is not okay. And they, I think he had resigned or whatnot. Grandma State, yeah, they hired him. They hired him, but they pulled him. It was going to be great. And Doug Williams did not appreciate it, which is, you know, one of the best black quarterbacks come out. Um, played college football, NFL, great player. But he didn't appreciate it. They ended up pulling it back. But I was like, dang, I'd actually would have loved to see that, especially as we keep seeing the emergence of college football, uh, HBCU football, and getting a lot of attention and stuff. It's like Art Browse, you got Deion Sanders, and you have Eddie George. And apparently, it's been noted that Ray Lewis wants to get into it too. So I would have loved to see it, but I understand why they had to pull him. Y'all need to go Google if you haven't what happened at Baylor. There's a lot of problems going on out there. 
And, uh, but last thing I want to talk about here, like I told you, this wasn't long. It's just some things I had to say. Like, I was like, man, I got to just get this off real quick. To Kobe Durant, coming out of South Carolina State, a defensive back, 5'10", 180 pounds, went to the combine, ran a 4'4", which I think was like the fifth fastest of all DBs there. I think he translates to play the nickel. Maybe he might play corner because 5'10 is tall enough to play corner. They'd like him to get these taller guys now, but 5'10, you got you can do the work at corner. You got the good footwork, you got the good hips. You can play that position at the NFL. But I'm projecting him to be a third day guy. And I'm projecting him to go play nickel, like a Lamarcus Joyner, if you will. I think Lamarcus Joyner might be a little bit faster than him, but it'll be crazy to see. And it's just great to see South Carolina State, you know, and the NFL combine. We, we've seen the linebacker, what, Leonard, Darius Leonard, have uh, performed at a really high level coming out of South Carolina State. And to Kobe Durant, I think, definitely think he's going to get his shot. The fact that he got invited to the combine says a lot. There'll probably be a lot of um, scouts at his pro day at, in Orangeburg whenever they decide to have that. And uh, I expect him to go to the league and definitely get a chance to play special teams hopefully get plugged in that nickel position. But, hey, if he shows up to training camp and balls out, who's to say he might not maybe be in the two-deep at corner, work his way up, sky's the limit. You never know. Uh, so, and and although South Carolina State is one of, like, you know, probably one of the nicer HBCUs, and there's a lot of, like, a lot of people know about it and whatnot. It's not like he's had the facilities of these SEC schools and stuff. So for him to come out, perform at this high level and perform at such a high level this season to be invited to the combine once again. I think that tells you a lot about the guy. Definitely will be rooting for him. But yeah, y'all, that is all that I have for y'all for this week. Like I said, I just had to say certain things. I was like, oh man, I can't let this one pass by. Um, this will be a, this will probably be a little out for me. Another one of these off. Next time I'll probably have Thomas or Sterling back on, maybe even Raycorn. I just, I was like, I was sitting there at work today. I was like, hmm. We got it. I like to have things on the radar. So that therefore, whenever people come back and listen to these episodes a long time ago, it's like, oh, yeah, I remember when that happened. It kind of timestamps it, kind of like how music does. But that's all I have for you all today. Thanks for listening. Make sure to follow the Instagram account at Matt Sports House. That's three T. I mean, it's through it. Matt Sports House. It's two S's. So M-A-T-T-S, Matt Sports House on Instagram. And uh, that'll keep you updated in between the episodes. That's all I have for you all for this week. Peace. ATL Jacob, ATL Jacob. They let me bruised up, they try to leave me used up. I was confused, cause the ones I love ain't prove much. I did everything they last, they ain't do much. And they ain't call me to tweet their case and even too much. Posting guns on your page, they put us all in days. But they say I'm one of the leaders, cause I'm the one that's famous. Some niggas don't come around unless it's entertainment. When it's time to kill for real, them niggas gon' keep it playing. Ain't no cars, ain't no guns. Ain't